It is important to know as somebody who hasn't drank for 15 months, I have made those connections and had those nights in my own particular ways without yeah. the alcohol. And I think that's a really cool thing too, is that you can have it with and without it exists. To be able to hold both of those things is true. You can connect with alcohol and you can connect without alcohol. You put yourself in a place of saying yes when you want to say yes and saying no when you want to say no. And that is trusting yourself and that is loving yourself. Welcome back. This is the Confident Collective Podcast and we are your hosts. I'm Ryan And I'm Christina. We are curb models, content creators, and some would even say comedians. We started the Confident Collective Podcast to help you live your most confident life by sharing our stories and sitting down with experts to talk about, well, life. We chat sex, dating, business, relationships, and so much more. We hope you love this episode, so let's get into it. Olivia, welcome to the Confident Collective Podcast. I'm excited. We're so We're excited. so excited. I was on a girl's trip in January for one of my best friend's birthdays. She does a trip every year and it was her 30th birthday. And we were laughing because there was probably like, I think there was 12 of us girls and none of us were drinking. And some girls have been totally sober for a while and other girls were doing like dry January. I was doing dry January and we were like sitting around one night all talking about why we had decided to not be drinking, whether it was for the full month or whatever. And the girls were like, oh my gosh, do you follow this Olivia girl on Instagram? She posts like the most amazing mocktails and I just love her content. I was like, oh my God, I know her. I was like, she's one of my friends. We used to live in the same building in LA, all this stuff. And I was like, we have to have her on the podcast. I don't know why we haven't had you on yet, but welcome. We're so excited you're here. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate that. Obviously, it makes me really happy, you know, to have my F list celebrity fame is just anything I could have ever asked for in this world. But I'm so, so excited to be here and obviously to talk about this. It's, I don't know, it's like one of my favorite things to discuss, obviously such a big part of my life. Yeah, well, you're having a big impact because we were talking about you like you were not an F-list celeb, A-list, honey. And I was like, A-list. I was like, I'm going to know her. But okay, for those people who might not have heard about sober curiosity or heard this term, can you kind of explain to us what that is? Totally. So it's kind of different than like having an addiction and getting sober. And I think that's kind of the first thing to understand is that there's a very big difference between the way that I live my life as like an alcohol-free lifestyle by choice versus somebody who lives an alcohol-free lifestyle by necessity. So obviously, you know, I have my show and I talk about sober curiosity a lot. And I talk to multiple people who are sober because they needed to get sober because they suffered from an addiction. And then there's people who have just decided as a lifestyle change, alcohol doesn't serve them. And it obviously runs on this huge spectrum, but the idea of sober curiosity is this term that was coined by a woman named Ruby Warrington. And she also wrote the book, Sober Curious. But essentially what it means is you're just taking a step back you're gaining some awareness about your relationship with alcohol. And you're getting curious about how alcohol affects you, what maybe it has on your mood changes, what it does to your relationships, your friendships. And you're just getting curious about your usage with it. And if you want to drink more, if you want to drink less. And that's essentially what it is. So it's kind of a casual term. It's a little bit arbitrary, I would say. 
And sober curious, does that just have to do with being sober with alcohol or can you be like sober curious and smoke weed or take mushrooms or do whatever you want? Totally. I mean, that's the thing about it being really loose is that I don't really think there's much rules surrounding it. So I know for me personally, I don't really take a ton of other substances, but I would be open. Like sometimes I'll smoke a joint and, you know, I I guess I would be open to doing mushrooms. I personally enjoy my life pretty sober, but there's like this thing called California sober, I think, where people smoke weed and then they don't drink alcohol, which is, you know, that's great. So I think it's just like a very open term. It's pretty loose, which I like because it, there's not a ton of rules around it. And I think that's like, I know for me in terms of eating, for example, right. I've been on like many restrictive diets in my life and that's something that I've suffered with and that I've kind of overcome. And I know that when I restricted more, I wanted to eat more, right? Like the more that I restricted, the more I wanted to eat. So I feel like for drinking and for sober curiosity, when it's your choice to stop drinking alcohol, it can be the same. So I think it's really nice that there's kind of this loose restriction where you don't necessarily need to restrict at all times. And was there a certain thing that happened or so certain moment over like the past year or two that made you want to become sober or explore sober curiosity? Yeah, I feel like I was kind of now looking back, hindsight is 2020, but I think I was always kind of headed there. I was never really a big drinker. I definitely had my moments in college where I was like all about the alcohol, was, you know, getting crazy. But in the last couple of years after I left New York City, I was just drinking a lot less and I wasn't really in a place where our lives revolved around going to bars and going out to restaurants. So I started drinking less and then I don't know what happened. I just kind of stopped. And for me, it was kind of one of those things where I stopped and then realized it a month in and then three months into me not drinking started to gain awareness about my non-drinking. And that's when I started to get curious and be like, do I ever want to drink again? What role did alcohol play in my life? And that was a really kind of nice way to go about it because I think right now we're so inundated with sober curiosity in the wellness world. Like everyone's talking about it. And to me, it's become one of those things where now it's like, well, if you're not sober, you're not taking care of yourself. And if you're not drinking less, it's not a good thing. And I think in a way it mirrors diet culture And I think that's something that we need to be particularly careful of when, again, it's like in a situation where it's not an addiction, it's a choice. So I always like to think about it. Okay. You know, is it mirroring that? Am I doing this because it's right for me or am I doing it because it's really cool right now? And it's kind of a trend. Mm -hmm. So I think for me still, it's like what I want to be doing. It's interesting that you say that because I used to drink so much, like so much. And the first time I really stopped drinking for a while was because of diet and health reasons, because I was Mm. trying to lose weight and I wanted to be thin. And that was like something that I thought I had to cut out. And so I never even put the two and two together, but you're absolutely right. Like they are very connected for a lot of people. Yeah. I've seen a few people post transition photos, like, what I looked like before I stopped drinking and what I looked like after I stopped drinking problematic to me. And that's a hot take, but I do, I, there's a difference between like inward glow and then you posting a before and after picture because you're like, look at how much weight you can lose or look at how much inflammation you can use if you stop drinking. And to Mm -hmm. me, that felt really harmful, especially coming from a place where 
I struggled with eating disorder patterns before I was like, I cannot get to that place. Yeah. That's such an interesting perspective on it that I, I haven't thought about. And even when I've seen, cause I've seen some of those transitions on TikTok and it is becoming mm-hmm. such not becoming it is such a big trend I don't even know if I'd say trend yeah. in the wellness world because I do think there is like good things that come out of evaluating your relationship with alcohol a hundred percent and I think that's the big piece and like takeaway I got from it so I think as you went in shifted away from like drinking and having alcohol be part of your life to not what were some of those thoughts and like reflections you had about your relationship with alcohol? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I'll say is that when I use the word trend, I talked to somebody the other day who kind of explained it more as a cultural shift than a trend, which I really liked. I was like, oh, I feel like that's a bit better of a way to explain it. So that's kind of like a nice way to think about it. But the questions I started asking myself really was like, how does alcohol serve me? Like really, what is it to me in my life? And what is my relationship with it? just with no judgment. Like I'm not judging myself. I just want to know what it is. And it was very simply like I had no, I had nothing to say about it. I was like, I don't ever really feel that good when I drink it. It always kind of hurts my stomach. I don't ever feel like I have these better or more fun evenings because I kind of feel like shit the next day. And I just started to realize that there was nothing really positive that it was bringing into my life. And I actually probably would have answered that differently even five years ago. I would have been like, well, it's really social for me. And I love having a glass of wine with my friends. But at this point in my life, I realized, oh my God, like I'm actually taking the time to think about the difference between who I am five years later than, than I was when I was, you know, 25 years old. And I'm just so different. And I never took the time to slow down and think about that. So that was the first question I asked myself. And then I asked myself like, How is it serving my relationships? And in what ways am I kind of creating or garnering really healthy and positive and fulfilling relationships from alcohol? And none of my really good friendships, my romantic relationships, my relationship with my parents, none of them were centered around alcohol. Then I kind of realized if I cut this out, is it even going to affect my life at all negatively? And the answer was no. And then when I did it and I actually saw the firsthand, you know, realization of my relationship hasn't changed. It's honestly only gotten better. My relationship with my parents, my friends hasn't changed. What is this adding to my life? And the answer was nothing. So the two questions you asked yourself were, how does alcohol affect your relationships and how does it affect yourself, right? How did you work yeah, that? So like, Say what, that one more time? Yeah, like what is my relationship with it? Yes. Like how does it affect me and what is my relationship with it just generally? And then secondly... How does it affect the relationships in my life? Because that's the most important thing to me at the end of the day. It's like my relationships and even my work relationships. Like, how does it affect the way I feel when I wake up in the morning and Mm -hmm. I need to work? And if I'm going out on a Wednesday night, I mean, I'm so interested because I know you just moved to New York City and it's such an alcohol culture there. And I felt really, I had a really hard time not partaking in drinking alcohol. And I was drinking, even if it was a glass of wine or a couple cocktails when I would go out to dinner, it was like, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. That's just like a lot. I don't yeah. know how has it been for you? It's been really interesting. So I came like for three months last year to kind of test it out. And I was drinking so much and I frankly just felt like shit. Yes, I was having fun, but it was really wearing on me. And I was like sleeping in longer and I wasn't working out. It kind of was just like a spiral. 
And so when I went back to LA for the month of January to pack up my stuff, I also did dry January. I actually didn't drink for like a lot of Christmas or anything either, but really didn't do anything in January. And it was really a test for me because I went back to New York and was like apartment hunting for one weekend. And I was like, okay, this is my test to see if I can go out and not drink. And I will say I did have one cocktail because I went on the date and I ordered a cocktail and I had Mm -hmm. one cocktail for that whole month. But I also went out that same weekend, two or three nights in a row. I stayed out till three in the morning and wasn't Mm -hmm. drinking. And it was really good to A, prove to myself that I could do it. And B, it was so... It helped give me so many answers to those questions that you asked yourself. I was like, why do I feel like I need to drink? I felt like I needed to drink because I wanted to make sure the other people around me were having fun. And I wanted, I didn't want to say like, oh no, I'm not drinking. And then people be disappointed. So I was doing it for other people. And then I was also drinking because I wanted to like be less nervous when I was meeting new people and be fun and be this person. And I proved to myself that I can do that without drinking. So actually, I'm really glad that I did that and tested myself because honestly, now I'll still have like maybe a cocktail. But you know, the other weekend we went out to watch a basketball game at like 2pm. And I stayed out till 2am. And I had one beer because that was something moving to New York that really made me nervous because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just be caught up in drinking all the time. So I actually am having so much fun being out in New York City and not drinking. So it's been really good. But definitely like last night I went out and had three drinks and I felt bad this morning. And I was like, okay, no. And I'll go out tonight and I'm not going to drink. So I think it's good. I'm just in that process of kind of keeping tabs on it and seeing how I feel and just honoring that and recognizing that and trying to like navigate that and being in a new city. So it's been interesting. I think that's a really cool perspective. One that I wish I had when I lived there. I think, first of all, there's so much more openness about sobriety and sober curiosity. So you have a lot of non-alcoholic pop-ups. There's a lot of people like you. And this is kind of what I try to stress too, is that sober curiosity does not mean you need to stop drinking alcohol. It means that you're getting curious about your relationship with it, which you're doing. So like in effect, you're kind of sober curious, right? And you're realizing that you can be a more mindful drinker. So you can have a beer, go to this basketball game and then be like, you know what? I know who I am. I know that I fucking rock without alcohol or with alcohol, but without it, I'm fine too. And I actually don't feel like drinking the rest of the night. So I'm going to go out without drinking and that's going to be my evening. And then maybe the next night you go out and you have multiple cocktails because it serves you in that moment. And I think we're very privileged to be able to have that choice, but also it's really great to have the awareness to be able to say, I'm not going to black out tonight because I know I don't need to. Yeah. And it was really interesting because that night I was drinking a water and I was talking to this guy at the bar and he was like, wow, like I'm so impressed by that. Like I have such bad social anxiety. He was like, I Mm. went on a coffee date this morning because I'm trying to challenge myself to date sober. And he was like, I got so nervous. I chugged two beers before the date. Oh my God. I know. And I was like, honestly, like I was like, I think that's so common. Like I think dating is another aspect where people just to calm the nerves that they just cannot do it. It's such a hard activity to do sober. So it was just interesting. Mm -hmm. Every single person does it for, you know, a different reason. When you start having those conversations, it's really enlightening to see. I was just like, this guy was so 
nervous and had social anxiety that he used alcohol to feel good going into dates. So it's just, oh, it's very interesting. Christina, how do you feel like your relationship with alcohol has Well, especially either... as a pregnancy, right? Like you were just I mean, pregnant. I've pretty much really been drink. sober for like the past nine months. I probably had a couple sips of an Aperol spritz in Greece and stuff like that. But yeah. other than that, I have just, I personally have no desire to drink right now. I don't really care about it. But it's interesting hearing you guys speak because I used to be a really heavy drinker. And I don't think it was ever had to do with social anxiety. I just like to get fucked up and have a lot of fun. And I never felt pressure from anyone else. If anything, I feel like if I'm being totally honest, like looking back into like high school and college and even my early 20s, I feel like I was the one being like, let's get fucked up. You know what I mean? And maybe influencing my other friends to make certain choices or to have those wild nights out. So my relationship to alcohol was just really different. And I think that in the times that I stopped drinking, it's because I realized how I, it was mostly because I had really negative experiences from like certain nights out. And I was like, I can't do this again. You can't have another drink. You can't let that happen again. And then it would happen again. And then I would start drinking again. And when I reflect on that, I remember there's times where I was just really disappointed. It's like, why do you need to like get so crazy? Like why? Like, especially when I started dating Steve because he's sober and that's just for health reasons. He just also just doesn't like being under the influence or doesn't like being out of his body. He likes being in control. And he's someone who he does not care if every single person is drinking but him. He's like, nah, I'm good. It, it it's, was interesting, like coming from a past life of blacking out, honestly, for several nights a week to then being with someone who was sober and didn't think drinking was cool. Yeah. So I, I have a very interesting relationship with alcohol, but I never personally drank because I needed it to feel better about myself. Do you know what I mean? Or like loosen up. But you uh, yeah, wanted any- to have like wild, crazy nights. So it was still yeah, right. like changing the outcome of your behavior. I feel like it's too something that I've explored is kind of the way that the media has showed up in our lives since we've been kids in terms of alcohol and like what we've seen and what we know even culturally with our parents and the way we grew up. Like alcohol has... It is integrated into every single person's life in one way or another. Mm-hmm. It, it does not matter who you are. And alcohol is integrated into all forms of media. I mean, I grew up, I was obsessed with sex in the city when I was in middle school. So for me, for example, when I moved to New York, when I went to college, it was about fulfilling a rite of passage. It was about saying, If I drink, I am now older and I am now kind of getting to this place where I can be regarded as an adult because that's what adulthood is. It's drinking alcohol. And I hope, even though really in the media, we're not really moving away from that, but with this whole movement and this cultural shift, I kind of hope that people understand that those two things are not mutually exclusive. You don't need to go get fucked up and blacked out in college to feel like an adult or to feel like you've crossed this next level of growing up. I just don't think that those two things are one and the same. But I know for me, that's what it was about. And it wasn't even like a bad thing. I mean, similarly to you, Christina, it was like this charge of like when I was getting ready in the in the mirror, putting on my makeup and I was like, we're going to go out tonight. We're going to get fucked up. gaming with your yeah. friends. Yeah. Music. Yeah. Same. It was fun. And that's the thing I don't really like 
Personally, I don't love the idea of demonizing alcohol because I know for a lot of people it has had very negative effects and it's so incredibly problematic for so many families and so many people. But I personally have, for example, my partner drinks and he's a really responsible drinker and he loves to have a good cocktail. He loves to get a little bit tipsy sometimes. And I am fully okay with that. I feel very supportive of him, but like personally, it's just not for me. So I really like the idea that we can just allow other people to have whatever feelings they have about alcohol without demonizing alcohol itself. But a lot of other people would disagree with me. See, that's interesting because I kind of feel like alcohol has been demonized, I guess, in a way to me, because I grew up in a family who didn't drink at all. Like maybe my dad Mm. will have a glass of wine here or there. My mom has like two sips and she's giggling for hours. We just don't have a drinking family. And then I'm with a partner who doesn't drink either. So I kind of feel like there was a period of time where I felt like heavily judged for drinking. Same. I was in the same position. How do you think, Olivia, we don't demonize drinking? Well, I think it depends. It varies so vastly person to person. This is such an individual topic and such an individual issue. So I think that's the first thing. But the second thing is you have to look at Again, you have to look at your relationship with it and how it shows up for you in your life. So for me personally, I'm with a partner who's a very responsible drinker. Both of my parents, I've never seen either of them drunk. They're both very responsible drinkers. So I've never had a situation in my life where I have felt like alcohol is the problem. I've never felt like it has created so much turmoil in my life. Besides with myself, when I was had a really unhealthy relationship with it in college. And for me, it was like, blacking out and waking up the next morning with extreme anxiety, it was so problematic for me. So aside from me and myself and being able to pull myself out of that and have the mindfulness around it, I've been able to say, I don't necessarily need to demonize alcohol because the people around me and myself included, we really don't abuse it. But I just think it's really hard to tell somebody that who has struggled with addiction or who has close family members who have struggled with addiction. I just think it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I guess that's my answer is I don't know. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy has helped me understand so much more about myself, but let's be real, getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we are always growing and changing. I mean, even in today's episode, I had to reflect on certain habits I've had throughout my entire life that honestly have never really thought about. While recording the episode, I kept thinking, make sure to bring this up in therapy next time. For me, therapy has helped me reflect on why I react the way I do to certain situations and has taught me how to set boundaries and empowers me to be the best version of myself. Overall, getting to know myself better has helped me become a better mom, wife, and business partner. And taking the time to invest in myself is something I am very proud of. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, super convenient, and flexible to your schedule. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash ConfidentCollector today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ConfidentCollective. Today's episode is sponsored by Nutrisense. Did you know that your blood sugar levels can significantly impact how your body feels and how it functions? 
We always say that health and wellness is so personal and you can't compare. And that's why I think it is so important to get to know your body and how it functions. NutriSense uses a continuous glucose monitor to track your glucose levels in real time. And you can use this data to see how your glucose levels respond to food, exercise, stress, and sleep. When you sign up for NutriSense, you also get access to a personal dietitian who will help you analyze your data. There were a few times I saw a pretty large spike in my glucose levels and my personal dietitian explained that I could try adding more protein or fat to my meals to see if that would result in less of a drastic spike. And the benefits of learning this information is stable energy throughout the day, better sleep, and it can also give you a much better understanding of how your body responds to specific foods. So if you are a bit of a nerd when it comes to your health and fitness goals and you really like seeing that data, then you are going to want to try NutriSense. You can use the code CONFIDENT at NutriSense.com. Dot io slash confident. That's C O N F I D E N T at nutrisense.io slash confident. Why do you think we're seeing this shift moving away from drinking culture into more of this sober curiosity culture? I think. A few things. First of all is access to information. I think we're in just like the age of information right now, which is really great. And also, you know, two sides to every coin can be a little bit overwhelming. People are listening to podcasts like Andrew Huberman, who's talking for two hours all about the effects of alcohol and the scientific impacts of alcohol and how it is not good for you. And People like Joe Rogan or whatever, they see like this guy is like science god, right? He's a really digestible doctor or PhD who talks about this type of stuff and has a lot of education around it. And so people are saying like, oh my God, this guy I really admire, whose information I trust, he's telling me that drinking alcohol is bad for me. So, and that information is getting published out to like hundreds and thousands of people. Mm -hmm. So we're in an age of information where people are starting to realize what the effects of alcohol has on your body, which I have to say, there are literally no good impacts of alcohol on the body. I mean, not at all. Glasses of wine, not good for the heart. That's That study's been debunked. Like the having, you know, one glass a week, it's just not good for you. That's the plain and simple thing. Whether or not it's like, good for you to have balance in your life and your social life and to make it more qualitative study versus a quantitative study is something to, again, that's can be discussed on an individual basis. But so number one is I think we're in the age of information. And then number two, I think we as a society right now, especially after the last two years, we're all kind of concerned with our health a little bit more than we probably were two years ago. I think that wellness and like the wellness community continues to kind of proliferate. And if we know that alcohol isn't good, then the wellness community is going to take it and they're going to capitalize on it financially. Mm -hmm. And they're going to say, okay, let's go non-alcoholic brands, non-alcoholic this. And so I think it's just one of those things that's kind of becoming popular because people are recognizing just like it became really popular to start doing yoga, what, 15 years ago, and it became really popular to start drinking green juice. 
I think it was just kind of one of those things that's just been waiting. We've all been waiting for it to, for like big alcohol to kind of hit the fan. See, I agree with all of that. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And also there's a really beautiful, bougie, non-alcoholic store that just opened up around the corner for me, yes. like down the block from a liquor store, which is pretty ironic. No way. Yeah. But it's interesting to me that you guys are saying this because I have, I've seen one video about alcohol and like the negative effects mm -hmm. it has on your TikTok. But I have seen hundreds and hundreds of get ready with me videos while girls are pre-gaming getting fucked up so mm -hmm. I kind of think it's like all about your environment and your stage of life and I think it's easier for us to feel like oh yeah like this is a cultural shift it's trending it's happening but like we're all getting older so I think that maybe it's just where we are personally in our lives where we're not drinking as much but I don't know if it's like that big of a cultural shift for yeah. everyone because I feel like people in college in like their early 20s and even people our age too are still drinking crazy totally I will say though I mean, the amount of non-alcoholic brands that are on the market right now, it's like mm -hmm, a million, true. million dollar business that is just yes, taking true. off that we've never seen before. But I do agree with you in terms of life stages that there are like so many people who are drinking in college. However, I did see, ugh, I don't even want to bring this up. This girl, Alex Earl, I don't mm -hmm. literally don't know who she is. Someone sent me a video <laughs> of hers. Okay. I don't know who she, I don't know. You guys are like Olivia? more on TikTok than I am. Why? She is no, she's one of the people like, who I was like referencing when I just said. Yeah. She's Jen. like now an A-list celeb. What is going on with this? What's happening? I don't know, but, but she talks about like, she's drinking and partying like every single night, which like go for her, like yeah. have the time of your life, girl. But that's why I sometimes see her videos. I'm like, damn, like I miss those days too. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I so I could see like how those can be kind of Triggering. leave an impression on someone too mm. to be like wait I want to party more yeah and but I did see her video so someone sent me her video from a few weeks ago where she literally said I'm actually choosing not to drink tonight I'm gonna be going out I might have one cocktail but that's about it I have to wake up early in the morning and I have to study but then at the end of the video she's like all right now I'm ready to go drink and I was like wait what <laughs> it kind of confused me but yeah so I don't know but I do have, I will say, I do have a large community of 20 to 25 year olds who message me and who, you know, listen to my show and they also follow me on Instagram and they don't drink. And so it's really interesting because I do feel like there are probably a lot more people who are maybe more curious about the relationship with alcohol in college, but it would be so hard. I mean, especially I was in the Greek community at my college and yeah. I do not know how I would do it. I don't know. I cannot sit here and tell you that I would be able to have the strength I have today that I did when I was 21 and 22. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you. I think it's also something to discuss and think a lot about is your friendships and your relationships with alcohol. And you said that, that like it didn't change any of your relationships. At a point in time in college, I ended up getting really sick. This is when I started having my heart issues and I couldn't drink. And I started to realize that a lot of my friends were just party friends. Mm -hmm. And I realized, wow, like I can't go out right now. Or I mean, a lot of times I was going out and I just wasn't drinking. And I, I realized that like a lot of my friends I felt were choosing alcohol over me. Yeah. And it, it was really tough in the moment to recognize that. And when I did, it kind of changed my relationships with people forever because I was like, I don't think these are my real friends. Like these are just 
party friends. Totally. And you start to, I will say for people who are interested in maybe becoming more curious about the relationship with alcohol, that shift will start to happen. And it's actually really challenging because you will start to realize which friends are there for you and which friends are there to hang out with you and party with you. What kind of connection do I have with this person? Can I go out to a coffee with them? Or are they the only the type of person that I can go out to the club with at dark, like at night? Yeah, so what advice do you have for people who are kind of scared that if they want to like maybe stop drinking alcohol, but are scared they're going to lose their friends and their relationships? Like what advice can you give to them to maybe start making that shift? Because obviously... They want to do it for themselves, not for Mm -hmm. their friendships. Well, you should welcome it. Somebody who is afraid of losing their friendships because of alcohol, those are not your real friends. Mm -hmm. And I I do hate to say that, but I do think that anybody who's interested in kind of shifting their drinking habits and worried about losing their friends, if your friends are going to leave you high and dry when you stop drinking or drink less— Those just aren't, those are what my mom would call fair weathered friends. And those are friends who are only there for one fucking reason. To me, it's like, why would I want to hang out with someone that cares that much about whether or not I'm drinking? If I have a good friend, I want them to call me up and be like, hey, I know you're not drinking right now. Let's go get a coffee. Or do you want to do like an NA night or come out and I won't drink with you? Or like I had a friend, you guys both know Carissa Stanton, um, Rock Your Body. So we became really good friends in 2020 and before I was even sober curious, I really didn't drink a ton. And I would go out and when things started opening back up, we would go to dinners or she'd have people over and I wouldn't drink. And people would always ask me like, hey, why aren't you drinking? Come on, take a shot. And she would literally stand up like on her island and be like, Olivia's not fucking drinking tonight. No one say another word about it. She's cool and she doesn't drink. She's actually annoying when she does. We don't want to see her drunk. (laughs) Like I would get bullied and then she would stick up for me. And it was the coolest thing ever. And I was like, that's the type of friend I want. And she would hang out with me not drinking. And she would also invite me when she and her friends were drinking. And they never made me feel weird about not drinking alcohol. If you don't have friends like that, if your friends are going to leave you, then go find new friends and welcome new friends into your life because you need them. That's so important. I think when you are following what you desire and what you're interested in and bettering your life, you're basically just pruning the bushes. Is that even a phrase? Yeah. I don't even know. Trimming the bushes. It bu- sounds a little weird. It sounds like <laughs> a little... I've, I've never exactly. heard of it, but you're it sounds like it is now. Your vagina, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I like it really in my head sounded good, you guys. And Trim then it came bush. out and I was like, I sounds like I'm talking about shaving your vagina right now. Th- that should be but, the title of this episode. Trimming your bush. Or <laughs> trimming your bush. but what I'm trying to say is that you know trim your bush if you want but you're weeding out people who aren't aligned with your values and your mission as well and that's just going to be better for you in the long run so in the short term it can be scary but I think you have to look ahead to the long-term goal and realize Mm -hmm. it's going to be way better in the long run if your friends only think of you as fun when you drink alcohol then they don't probably don't really know you you know I, I don't know I just it's weird to me to think about I would have, I don't know. It's just, I can't really imagine having friends that wouldn't support me in that way. I, I feel there's obviously a lot of judgment for people who don't drink, but I also feel like there's a lot of people who don't drink who judge those that do. Yes. You know what I mean? So I feel like totally. we all need to have a little bit more fair play and more respect for everyone's life choices, no matter what they are. That's exactly it. And it's all about compassion, right? It's about having compassion for someone who's choosing to live their life the way they want to live it. And that's why I say 
you know, for example, with Carissa and even with my boyfriend, I want him to go out. I want him to drink and I will go with him. And because it doesn't trigger me and I can go out and be at bars and whatever. And I also want him to respect the fact that I'm not going to drink while I'm there. Having mutual respect for one another in a friendship or in a partnership or relationship is number one. It's number one. And I completely agree with you. And there are a lot of people who are choosing not to drink. And especially those people you see like, you know, you should really take care of yourself. You should take care of your body and blah, blah, blah. Like, fuck you. If I want to have a glass of wine, if I want to have a cocktail tonight, that's what I'm doing. I don't sit here and make you feel bad about not drinking. And so I think that it's like everyone needs to get off their moral high ground and kind of sit, like you said, even the playing field and sit on the same hill and choose what you want to do. Stay in your own lane. Yeah, I could not agree more. You made a post recently. I can't remember if it was actually on your Instagram or on your podcast, but you talked about the correlation between alcohol and hookup culture. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was so interesting. <laughs> Can you kind of talk about your thoughts on that? And Yeah, I actually wanted to say that because you were like, I had a cocktail because I went on a date. And I wanted to be like, let's talk about it. Oh, no, let's talk about it. Yeah, because, well, okay, so first of all, important to note that I was not sober when I was dating. I'm in a serious relationship now and I became non-alcoholic lifestyle when I was in that relationship. So I guess for these reasons, it's hard for me to speak to it, but I also was drinking a lot less when I was dating. First of all, in LA where I was dating and Portland, I don't think I had more than one date that didn't start at a bar. Every single first date I had was at a bar. So first and foremost, you're drinking. You're going out and you're drinking on your first date. I think it's pretty normal. Like you said, that guy, he went on a coffee date for his first date, which I think is so great, right? To be able to go out and meet someone sober. I never had that. I went on a hike with a guy and then I ended up in a relationship with him and he was a narcissist. That also didn't end well. So (laughs) all I'm saying is that it doesn't matter what you do, but most dates start with alcohol. And the thing is, it's two words, liquid courage. It's totally a thing. And I think so many people are like, well, if I don't drink, I'm not going to be able to loosen up. And if I don't loosen up, I'm not going to be fun. And if I'm not fun, they won't want to take me home. And I also probably won't actually want to have sex with them tonight if I'm sober. I won't actually want to hook up with them if I'm sober. The amount of guys that I went on dates with that I did not think were that cute when I walked in. And after (laughs) two drinks, I was literally texting my friends and I was like, Holy fucking shit. He's so hot. He looks like Pete Davidson. It was literally a comedian who was like 32 living. Yeah, he was like living in his sister's basement. He was not hot at all. He made me buy the second drink. And after two drinks, I was just like, I definitely think this guy's hot. I was like, immediately when I walked in and saw him, I was like, no, not happening. Not happening. And then two drinks in, I was like, ready to take him home. That is to my house because he lived at his sister's. So I would always like leave first dates and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this man. I love this man. Like he's so hot. He's so cool. Blah, blah, blah. It's because I was fucking wasted. Like yeah. I literally, and then I would go on the second and third date and I'd be like, what was I yeah. thinking? Because as you get more comfortable, I wasn't drinking as much. We would do other dates. Yeah. And so I was seeing more clearly and I was like, what in the world? Yeah. What? I know. I could go into like so many situations. I go to events all the time where I'm solo. I don't know anybody, whatever. But dating is the one situation where I still get the most nervous or I'm the least confident. Mm -hmm. So that's when I feel like I'm tested the most and want to rely on alcohol. 
When you go on those dates, Ray, and you feel like that, are the guys drinking as much as you are? Yeah, usually we're just drinking. And I'm not just slamming drinks that he's not drinking. We're most okay, times. I just wanted to know. <laughs> no, Do most you? times we're all drinking. Okay, wait. Because if he wasn't drinking, then would you drink? Well, that was my question for you, Christina, because was your first date with Steve? Did he drink? No, and it's actually so funny. So I met Steve like maybe a month and a half after I graduated college. And at that time, I wasn't really drinking because I was just working a lot. And, you know, I moved back home with my family. I wasn't like living with all my friends. It was just a completely different situation. And on our first date, he took me out to dinner and we're looking at the drinks and the food. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't drink. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't really drink that much either. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes, yeah, Me- Meanwhile, and at the time, like, it was kind of true because I hadn't drank that much for a couple of weeks. But I just spent, like, the past four years blacking out at least twice a week. So I didn't drink because he didn't drink. And then just didn't drink. And it was fine. Like, we had a great date. We had a lot of fun. We had dinner and then went and got an ice cream and like walked around the city. But then I do remember thinking months and months later, fuck, he doesn't think I drink that much. Like, I want to go out and like party oh, right shit. now. Yeah. And it was fine. But he's like, you definitely let on that like you weren't a partier. And I was like, well, in those couple of weeks, like I really wasn't. <laughs> And so it was interesting to me because honestly, and part of me is like super thankful that Steve's not a drinker because like I needed someone to be a positive influence in my life in that way. Because Mm -hmm. if I had someone who was more like me, it wouldn't have been a good scenario. But if Steve was drinking that night, I probably would have gotten wasted because there was other dates where I went on with other people beforehand that I would get drunk on my dates because I just couldn't control myself. Isn't it crazy how intense peer pressure is even when you're in mm -hmm. your like late 20s, 30s? I mean, even you, Ray, like dating now, if you went out with a guy who was like, I actually don't drink and you'd be like, oh, amazing. I don't have to drink tonight. This is so great. Yeah, We're so, we succumb to peer pressure so easily. And also, so my question for you, Ray, is, do you, also, I've never called you anything but Rayanne, but then I heard Christina call you Ray, and I feel like I wanted to do it. So <laughs> um, anyway, my question for you, Ray, is when you go out, is the reason you order a cocktail because you feel like you don't want the guy to think you don't drink because you think it will, they'll think you're like not cool, you're not down? Yeah, I think, and this is something I've been thinking a lot about recently, I I'm very much a people pleaser and I'm working on that. Mm. And in basically a lot of situations socially, I feel a lot of pressure to make sure other people are having a good time. I don't know what it is about me. This actually is common. My therapist told me people who have alcoholic parents and I feel like I- Are your parents alcoholics? Alcoholism runs on my mom's side of the family, 100%. And to be honest, yeah, we could do a whole episode on my family's relationship with alcohol, but- yeah. It's more honestly about how they feel. I don't want them to then feel uncomfortable because of my decision to say, oh, no, I'm not drinking. And because I do think that I can be fun and funny and cool without drinking because I've proven that to myself. And that's been something I've proven to myself recently. This is a recent thing. But it's really I'm more worried about how they feel, which Mm. is very interesting to me. What about with your X-ray? Because did your ex drink a lot? No, his body no, was a temple. Right? Yeah, that's um, what I thought. <laughs> oh my God, please. The way you talk about him now, I can't. 
I literally can't. His body is a temple. His body was a temple. He did not drink. I mean, that is probably how he felt, right? Oh, I drank. Is that how he felt? That is how he felt. Literally, he would not poison his body. Because he was a tennis star. He was a tennis star. He was an athlete. And he could not be bothered. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, no judgment. I'm not trying to judge anyone for their alcohol decisions. (laughs) But (laughs) during that time. Yeah, what a loser. But during that time, I literally thought that. I was like, what a fucking loser. He's so lame. Mm -hmm. He just moved to LA. Like, I want to go out. Let's drink. Let's have fun. To be honest, now looking back on that relationship, I didn't want him to drink. I wanted to feel connected to him by going out and making crazy memories and maybe getting drunk and doing stupid stuff. I wanted connection. It wasn't about him Mm. drinking. And I do think that there is, for example... Thomas, my boyfriend and I, we went out to dinner a few months ago and we went to this really nice Italian restaurant and the guy like brought us a bottle list instead of a glass list. And yeah, I know that motherfucker isn't finishing a bottle by himself. So I was like, (laughs) bring us a glass list. And I asked him, I was like, does it ever bum you out that when we go out, like we're not splitting a bottle of wine, like, you know, a quote, normal couple. And He just kind of told me, he was like, you know, I support you. I'm completely respectful of your decisions. I think you need to do what's best for you. Yeah, like sometimes it would be nice to have a glass of wine and get tipsy together. And I really appreciated that response because I know he respects me and he doesn't expect me to do shit. And I'm also not going to do shit for him. I totally see how sometimes, and even in the beginning of our relationship, I did drink and it was so fun to get a little bit tipsy together. And like on our first few dates, we made our favorite whiskey drinks, which I said was my favorite whiskey drink, but it was not. I hated whiskey. And like- (laughs) All of us are just lying to men. No, but that's (laughs) literally it. We're all lying. And it's the cool girl aesthetic. You know what I mean? If you want to be that girl, it's, yeah, I'll take a whiskey straight. Like one time I ordered a whiskey straight up and I was, it was- sickening. I was taking sips of it and spitting it out in a planter. Okay. And this guy bought it for me. It was a nightmare. But all I'm saying is that I do appreciate and respect the idea of connecting with someone over alcohol. I also appreciate and respect the idea of connecting with someone over weed, because I think that's a super social drug for a lot of people. You know, a few years ago, I loved smoking weed with people. I felt like I was able to get on such a deep level with them. It was able to open us up in a way that we weren't really able to open up when we were fully sober. And I think that's okay. I think that's cool. But like you said, with kind of making sure somebody feels protected, hey, I'm going to drink for you. Like, I don't really want to drink tonight, but just so you feel like it's cool That's where you just need to be like, yo, I'm going to order a sick-ass mocktail. I want you to get as many cocktails as you want, but right now this is where I'm at. And that's why I think mocktail culture, especially if you live in places like New York, LA, San Francisco, big cities, there's a lot going on in the mocktail scene and nobody will know you're not drinking if you order a sparkling water with lime in a rocks glass, if you order any cocktail and make sure they put it in an actual cocktail glass because some people will try to make you feel like a kid at Disneyland and put it in the fucking Mai Tai glass. (laughs) But a lot of bartenders will put really cool mocktails and they'll make really good shit and it looks like you're drinking and then nobody cares. Yeah, actually I went out recently and they have just like the mocktail menu as part of the menu and I just ordered a mocktail and it's called like a it has a name like all the other ones and I don't even think the person I was with knew that I was having a mocktail instead of a cocktail which I love that yes so and see it's getting better that makes me realize that like I just like to drink to get fucked up because even Mm. while I'm pregnant 
or anytime, I would never order a mocktail personally. For me, I'm like, I don't need that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was a whiskey drinker. If I'm going to drink, I'm going to just drink like a vodka soda. Like I don't like cocktails or mocktails, mm. really. But I think that's for me, like in my head, I have it from when I was always trying to diet, like don't drink because of alcohol. So why would you have a sugary drink? So for me, I think I still have that connection where I associate mocktails with sugar and extra calories because I cringe thinking about myself. But I literally remember saying like, I'm not going to drink. I'd rather have a cheeseburger. And I think reflecting on that, I didn't even realize like how much I somewhat associated alcohol with empty calories. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say, I would rather waste my calories on ice cream than waste it on a cocktail or waste it on a glass of wine. And I know that personally, my palate, I don't like things that are super sugary, but I've had to really kind of get over the hump. It's exactly what you're saying. It's like another food thing for me where if I go Mm -hmm. out and I want to have a little drink, I don't feel like just having water and they only have a fucking sugary ass lemonade on the menu. And I have to sit there and say, okay, This is five years ago, Olivia would not want to order this sugary lemonade because it had too much sugar in it and it was going to, you know, make me gain weight or make me feel puffy or whatever. And now I have to sit here and this is my only option. And I know I came in here and I wanted this. And so now I'm just like, yeah, that's what I'm going to have. I'm going to have it. And actually I'm having to reteach myself. I feel like eating disorder behaviors that I had when I was in my mid twenties. Yeah, I feel like I need to reteach myself some of that too. Yeah. It's it's As like I'm lifelong. Reflecting through this episode, I'm like, I was like, mm-hmm. I want to get to the core of why Christina wants to get fucked up. Was it for the good stories? Like, was it Do you still to... feel that way though? No, not necessarily. Not as much, but like I just love yeah, I don't know. I would like to get to the bottom of that too, maybe. I don't know. Are you really intense? I feel like person? I was just always like the fun, crazy person, and maybe there was like always pressure to feel like that. Do you have a really intense personality? Obviously, you own like your own business and I stuff, think right? So. And you're like working <laughs> on like I feel like I'm kind of an you're intense like person. really, really shy and really just kind Shit. of meek, and you don't really talk a lot, right? Yeah, um, I'm pretty meek. Yeah. Well, so something that I've kind of been exploring is the idea that for me alcohol was this way to let go in a way that I couldn't figure out how to do when I was sober because I'm so intense and such a control freak. And now, especially like owning my own business, being my own boss, I constantly feel like I have to be working. And if I'm not working, I'm not doing enough. And sometimes the only way for me to really let go was to drink alcohol. And so, and to get to a point where I was literally like, I'm so drunk that I cannot think about all the shit I have to do and all the control I need to have over my life. So I don't know that for me, that was something that really resonated. I would say that I could see how that would could resonate for me. But I think that when I was drinking like crazy like that, it wasn't at a, a period of my life where like I had tons of stress mm-hmm. or was worried about anything. You know what I mean? I think it was almost like so carefree. No worries in the world. Let's get fucked up on a Tuesday because why not? Yeah. That's the most fun thing to do. Why is it a bad thing? No, it's not. You know? But it, it became a bad thing for me because yeah. it was affecting other areas of my life and it was affecting my relationships. 
And yeah, I don't even want to get into everything that has gone on with alcohol. But I also, I think what changed for me is all of a sudden I started to get sick the next day and get hangover. Mm-hmm. And like once that happened, I was like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what stopped me from drinking so much because I was like, wait, this is stupid. Like, I don't feel good anymore the next day. Like, I can't do anything. Before I used to like drink and be out until 4 a.m. and then be on a train at 8 a.m. to go into the city to like work and then would come home and take classes and do it all over again. So I just think that like somewhere in your mid 20s, like all of a sudden you're getting hangovers Mm -hmm. and that is what changed the relationship. And also I think Steve, who made me realize, wait, you don't have to get wasted to have a ton of fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, what's so interesting though, as we're like having this whole conversation, like before we wrap up is I think the things too, even still, as I've been identifying my relationship with alcohol and Olivia hearing you talk about your experience, the thing that really makes me want to miss it or crave it is the connection because there is something about you go out like tonight I'm going out with my friends that I met in Greece and guess what we're going to talk about the stories that happened Mm -hmm. in Greece and the crazy shit that we did Mm -hmm. when we were Mm -hmm. drunk and it's that connection I think that's the thing that is almost holding me back the most yes it's the drinking but then it leads to all of these crazy stories that people bond over or things happen or whatever it is. And I kind of think it comes down to connection for me. I'm just like having this epiphany as we're talking. Cause it mm-hmm. is, that is fun to like go out and have mm-hmm. this like wild night with your friends or whoever it is. And then you kind of reminisce about that for years and years to come, but it's probably cause it's so embedded in our way of life and in our culture that that is so connected. Yeah. And I agree with that. And I think that's beautiful that you have those connections and you have those friendships and they're kind of through and based loosely on alcohol. And I also think for people who are wanting to maybe stop drinking as much or be more mindful about their drinking, it is important to know as somebody who hasn't drank for 15 months, I have made those connections and had those nights in my own particular ways without the alcohol. And I think that's a really cool thing too, is that you can have it with and without it exists. And to be able to hold both of those things. Yeah. To be able to hold both of those things as true. You can connect with alcohol and you can connect without alcohol. You put yourself in a place of saying yes when you want to say yes and saying no when you want to say no. And that is trusting yourself and that is loving yourself. So I think that's a really cool, a cool kind of like exactly what you're doing. It's a cool thing to have. Holy shit. That, that was such a good way to end it. Let's fucking mic drop. Yeah, let's end it right wow. here. Wow. I love that. I'm like, ooh, pull quote for the intro of the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with my sewer rat hair. Um, <laughs> on the video. <laughs> that's that's no. literally how I'm thinking of myself. I'm like, oh my God, full oh my God, like hunchback so. vibes. But yeah. Oh, Olivia, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and thoughts with us today. Can you please plug yourself? Tell everyone where they can find you. Please plug your podcast. The people need more. I appreciate both of you for having me on here today. I was really excited about this and it absolutely lived up to the hype. My name's Olivia Noseda and that's where you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, my website. And then my podcast is On the Rocks with Olivia Noseda. Gorgeous. Yeah. Amazing. That's everything. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at confidentcollective. 
And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories. And don't forget to tag us. 